Welcome to the Ultimate You Mind and Body Podcast. If you need motivation and want simple tools to help improve your mindset, fitness, and nutrition goals, this podcast is for you. My name is Alexandra, and I specialize in personal training, exercise therapy, yoga, nutrition, and life coaching. I'm grateful that you can tune in, and I can't wait to help you become the ultimate version of yourself. Hello, FitFam. This is your host, Alexandra, and I'm super excited to share the story about my accident and how I recovered and learned how to walk again. So, quick disclaimer, I will share some grim details. And if you have a weak stomach, this episode definitely is not for you. So, before we jump into our main topic, I wanna start out with our moment of gratitude breath work, our little meditation here. So, we're going to focus on our feet today, and I'm gonna guide you through this meditation. So. If you need to, you can add a little mantra into this. You can do the inhaling I am and then exhaling grateful. And I want you to imagine your feet and all the wonderful things that your feet do throughout the day and how important they are. So I want you to start out taking some deep breaths. We're going to inhale I am. Exhale grateful. As you focus on that breath, if your mind starts to wander, that is fine. Just remember going back to I am, exhaling grateful, and still imagining your feet. Think about all the things that you do, all the places that you go, your foot hitting the gas pedal in your vehicle to get you where you're going. Just simply when you wake up in the morning, being able to walk to the bathroom. And just being grateful for all the things that your feet do and the weight that they hold every single day. We're going to take one more breath. Inhale, I am. Exhale, grateful. All right, see, one minute of breath right there. You meditated, awesome work. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the story of my accident. Oh my goodness, this is a really crazy one. So I was in middle school and the summer, okay, so I was in middle school and it had just let out for summer. Okay, so it was like, I think we were out of school for maybe two days and then the accident happened. So I was living in Malvern, Ohio, and we were at Lake Mohawk. My family went to see my grandparents who lived out at the lake, and my Papa Josh just bought a brand new Yamaha Rhino. So a Yamaha Rhino is a side-by-side, which is like a combination between a car and a four-wheeler that's street legal, but it didn't have doors, okay? The newer models nowadays have doors because of like what happened to me in my accident. They ended up putting doors on them. And I I Googled it because I was curious. So this vehicle actually weighs 1,049 pounds. So pretty insane. 
So who was I with? Of course, I was with my brother. And um, I wanted to sneak off to smoke cigarettes. So we asked my papa if we could take the rhino out for a ride. My mom said no, um, but my papa let us do it anyways. So <laughs> my mom was very upset when we got back from this little trip. So why did we crash? I guess is the main thing that everyone always asks me, like, how did you get into the accident? Why did it happen? So it had just rained and Josh was, Josh is my brother, was drifting and swerving on the road because it was slick. So it was easy for him to like drift around corners and stuff like that. I asked him to stop and I told him that he was scaring me. He didn't listen, of course. And we were already going 45 miles per hour because I remember looking down at the speedometer right before we crashed. And when um, we went around this one turn off on like one of these like back roads, we lost control. So he overcorrected. So he drifted around like he was, how do I explain this? So he was going to the turn. It was a left-hand turn and it wasn't like a really i guess it was pretty sharp so whenever we cut that turn he corrected it back to the right and that's why it flipped over on top of my leg so i remember looking up at my brother when we crashed right so it flipped over we were on it like the vehicle was on its slide and it slid about a quarter of a football field on top of my leg so oh god it's just it's just insane thinking about it now as an adult um <laughs> um but i remember looking up at my brother who was dangling above me from his seatbelt. he looked down and asked if i was okay and i said yes so then he just started flipping out and he just screamed, no, you're not okay. He noticed that my leg was underneath of the rhino and I didn't even feel it because I was in shock. So I had my seatbelt on, but I was lying on the pavement, which was questionable. Come to find out later, we realized my seatbelt actually broke at the weld point. So I'm stuck under the rhino, my brother jumps out and climbs off of it while my <laughs> leg is caught underneath of it and I remember the whole thing just like rocking but he wasn't able to get it off on his own and there were construction workers that were building a brand new house mind you we were in the middle of nowhere they were building a brand new house on this one side road and it was about 50 yards away from where we crashed and the construction workers actually heard us and were already running down to the scene before we could even think about calling for help. So the three men helped my brother push this thing off of me and got it back onto all four of its wheels. My brother swept me off of the ground like I weighed nothing, threw me into the back of the rhino and, or no, he threw me back into the rhino in the passenger side and sped off and took me back to my grandparents' house. So the construction workers obviously called 911 because we're like two middle schoolers on a street legal vehicle that we should not have been on, which is like completely illegal. We, my brother should have had a driver's license to actually be like driving the thing. So since we're in such a small town, like literally one gas station, one stoplight, one grocery store, 
um, K through 12th grade was in the same school. Like our town was super, super small. The cops didn't catch us on the way back. So we made it to my grandparents and my brother, Josh, he picks me up, carries me to the front door. I can't remember like the exact things that my grandparents and my parents said to us, but I can still remember my brother just apologizing over and over and over and over again. And I screamed at everyone to shut up and to stop fighting because it wasn't going to fix my leg that was just like literally looked like ground beef. And on the drive home, I told my brother we had to come up with a story and our story had to be the same because we were afraid we were going to get in trouble for out smoking cigarettes but I think the main problem was is that we just crashed this brand new Yamaha Rhino. Like, like brand new. They just bought it. Um, so we decided on the story. The road was slick and a dog actually ran out in front of us. And my brother swerved to miss the dog. And that's why we crashed. We stuck to that story all the way up until I think... I think I was 19 and what like when I finally told my parents what actually happened and of course they were still pissed when they found out you know why it happened so now let's get into like the ride to the hospital they grabbed some rags to like catch the blood that was dripping off of my leg they compressed the wound until we reached the hospital which was about an hour away from where we were because we were just like so far out in the middle of nowhere then the pain hit me like a brick wall as soon as that adrenaline wore off i I, I just astonishing the amount of pain that I was feeling, which it makes sense because my leg was literally nearly ripped off. So when we made it to the hospital, first they had to debris the wound. So they were like stabbing holes in the tops of saline bottles and they were squirting that saline solution into the wound to like clear out the rocks and any other things that were like in there from the vehicle sliding on top of my leg. It literally felt like they were just like cutting deeper and deeper into the wound and it burned because of like the saline solution. Then the rocks and sand and even a cigarette butt came out of my leg. It looked like just completely disgusting. It looked like ground beef with like a bone and tendons just running through it. After they did that, they were able to get me in for some x-rays and come to find out it didn't even break. So my leg didn't break. None of the bones in my foot were broken. The doctors were completely shocked by this. And so was everyone else when we got the news. They literally told my mom, whatever you're feeding her, like, don't stop doing it. Like continue to feed her whatever it is because we have never seen an accident this severe without any broken bones. So as we're waiting in the hospital afterwards to like get more news on like, okay, what's the procedure? Like what do we need to do? Are they going to do skin grafts? Um, so... The doctors, like, we're waiting for a while, and then the police come in. So 
the police are in my hospital room and they're questioning me about the accident and I stuck to my story. I was on morphine and everything and I stuck to my story for my brother because I love him. Um, and I lied and I told him that we were just out riding around, a dog ran in front of us, that we swerved to miss the dog, he overcorrected and we crashed. Super simple story, straight to the point kept it with that because my brother was actually going to lose his license before he got it because of that happening. So yeah, that was pretty insane. So even though the bones were fine and stuff like that, um, the doctors were super, super concerned about the muscle and tissue damage. They said that I would never be able to like regenerate enough muscle tissue to walk again. And the amount of debris in the wound would most likely cause gangrene, which is definitely a big no, no. You never want a wound to have gangrene in it. So they said the best option would be is to just amputate the leg from like right below the knee. And I flipped out like when they, when they told me that and when they told me they were going to cut my leg off. So thank goodness for my mom. My mom refused to agree to let them amputate my leg. And we were like, what are all of our other options? And they told my mom that the process was going to be horrific and they were not joking so the healing process of my leg was we had to take very um like gauze that almost was like i don't know like you know how like fishnets have holes in them like gauze that was very open and we had to wrap the wound in that gauze and then let the wound heal. This is disgusting. Okay, this is where it gets a little gross. So I'm so sorry if this is grossing you out. The wound has to actually heal into that gauze and then you rip it off. Like basically like we were waxing my leg with gauze and scabs. So it would all scab up and get really, really hard. And then we would rip that gauze off and that would pull all of that debris and pus um and dead skin that was left behind on the leg, all right? So they told us if we failed to do this process properly for the next few months, that if the gangrene set in, that I would have to have my leg amputated from the hip. So obviously we took this process very, very seriously. We continued to do the debriding. Um, so we continued to do that debris process through summer break. So this is the beginning of summer, two months through summer and all the way starting into school. All right. So basically what I would have to do is at first it was like twice a day that I would have to redo the gauze and then I would go through and um, we had the saline bottles and we had to spray it out, wrap it back in gauze, let it heal into the wound and then rip it off. And we did that for almost, I'm going to say like two and a half months straight. And it was terrible because it was like reliving that pain every single day. And I actually refused to take my medication. They gave me, what was it? 
They gave me pain meds, all right? I can't, Vicodin, that's what they gave me. Okay, so they prescribed me Vicodin and I actually, I've had my, some cousins that um, passed away from a heroin overdose and some other family members in the family um, with drug and alcohol problems. So I did not feel comfortable taking my medication that they gave me so this is like a terrible story but this woman is dead now um i guess i can say her name because i don't remember her last name but one of my friend's moms robin was dying from cancer and she was super addicted to pain meds and she literally i was like with my friends and she was like i know that you are not taking your medication because my daughter told me, will you let me buy your pain meds and we'll get my, her drug dealer <laughs> to sell me pot. And I said, yes. So I actually um, smoked pot through my whole healing process to help with the pain and to help me sleep because I was just... In a tremendous amount of pain um so yeah that's probably like not a good part of my story but I'm not gonna sugarcoat this just because it's a true story <laughs> and this is what happened um yes I was very young but whatever okay so this is me I'm a very holistic person which in future episodes I'm sure that you're gonna start to see that and um the stuff that I talk about but anyway back on topic so yeah, um, the first month was definitely the worst. So I couldn't even use my crutches because as soon as I was upright, um, the wound was just so big that the blood would all rush down to my legs. And when that blood rushed down, the wound would start throbbing and then it would start just gushing out blood. So I literally had to like sit on my skateboard and roll to the bathroom and um the bathroom that we had at that time we weren't living in a house because right before all of this we went bankrupt and we literally lost our house we lost our cars my parents had to like get rid of our pets and we moved into a storefront of a grocery store and um we built walls on the inside of it so that we could live almost like an apartment studio um, so yeah, and that building now is actually, it's been two different pizza shops. It's been a, a Mexican restaurant and I think it's been a bar or something like that now. So you can actually like find this place on North Reed street in Malvern, Ohio. So if you're curious to where that building is, I'm sure you can look it up. I think it's like 111 North Reed. Um, yeah, so since we were living in the storefront of a grocery store because we didn't have a house, um, <laughs> this is so crazy, uh, we had a handicapped bathroom. So I was actually able to like hold on to the rails to like get myself onto the toilet by myself to go to the restroom. So yeah, so when school finally kicked back in, I don't remember what my principal's name was at the time, but I don't like her still to this day because she was just a grumpy lady. Maybe she's nice now because she's retired, but like back then she was not a very nice person. Um, 
my wound kept bleeding through the gauze. So I took a red, like a bandana and I tied it around my shin to cover up the blood that was like seeping through. And she called me down to the principal's office and was like, do you think you're a blood or a crit? Like, why, why do you have a bandana around your leg? And I took this bandana off and then she saw that there was like gauze and she was like, what is that? And it was kind of like bleeding through. So I pulled it off and she literally got sick and like freaked out in the principal's office. And she was like, oh my God, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm like, I'm on crutches. Like, how do you not know that I obviously have an injury? So yeah, that was terrible. All throughout um, um, the rest of middle school and high school, I walked with a horrific limp. And I remember there's this like one boy named Zach that was like always calling me chicken because I walked with a limp and people made fun of me because I walked with a limp. Um, yeah, so that was terrible. I learned how to actually ride a bike before I could walk again, which is kind of funny. Um, because now as an adult, I'm obsessed with spin. Um, and it's the only cardio that I can actually do that doesn't hurt my leg, which is fantastic. So yeah, definitely love spin for that. So that was part, um, of my healing process of learning how to walk again was actually building up that muscle, riding my BMX bike. So I rode BMX and skateboarded and rollerbladed and stuff like that before the accident. Um, I did a lot of wakeboarding. So it was a very depressing accident because all of those things were taken from me and it was summertime. And every year after that, I couldn't do those sports because I was just in literal so much pain and I wasn't allowed to go swimming because the water getting inside the wound could make it get infected. So yeah, that was all terrible, but I healed. I'm doing fantastic. I think a really important part of my healing though too was I'd actually sit in study hall and I would watch PT videos on how to rehab myself because as I said earlier, um, we were bank, we, we just went bankrupt before this accident happened. My mom and dad didn't have the money um, or the insurance to like take me to physical therapy. So I literally taught myself how to walk again because of that hardship we were going through at that time. And I was watching those videos in study hall at school and that really helped transition me into my career. And that's why I'm so passionate about uh, exercise therapy and personal training and I I'm so grateful I'm so grateful that that accident happened because it made me so strong it made me so much stronger today and has helped me create more of a bond with my clients who are struggling from injuries. I even had WECT here in town, our news station did a story on my leg um, and actually how my story about my leg inspired one of my clients who fell down a flight of stairs 
um, two flights of stairs. He broke his neck and his back, and he called me one day, and he knew that I rehabbed myself through my accident to learn how to walk again, and he basically was like, what can you do about, you know, a broken neck and back? Like, will you, will you work with me? No one wanted to touch him. He's in his 70s. They told him he'd be lucky by the end of the year if he wasn't in a wheelchair, and by the end of the year, we had him back on his boat. Ah, so freaking cool. Um, if you're interested in watching that news story, it's actually on my YouTube channel. So when you go to YouTube, I will actually put the link in the description of this so that you can just like link straight to it in case you want to watch it. So yeah, I think that that's pretty much everything. I don't think I have anything else to mention. Yeah, so that pretty much sums up my story. Oh, okay. Another thing that really helped me after I was already walking again is yoga. Oh my gosh, I found yoga when I was about 19 and I fell in love with it because of the stretching and it helped me with my balance. It helped me mentally, um, you know, because who doesn't need a little mental health and yoga definitely helps balance the mind and body and stuff like that so yeah that's why personal training exercise therapy and yoga is a big important part of my life because of my healing process with my leg and one of my first clients actually like very first clients like back when I first started um we got her or I got her from being in a wheelchair to a walker to a cane to not using any of those things and helping her learn how to walk again. So that was definitely a very big aha moment for me um, because I gave someone their life back. So yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. So I think that that is all. I am so grateful that you could tune in for this story. I know a lot of people, are, like they ask me all the time, like, oh my God, how did that happen? What happened? And I just never really have the time to explain the full story. So I'm happy I finally got to do that and I can just send them over here to the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in and I cannot wait to help you become the ultimate version of you. Don't forget to... Follow me, like, subscribe. I don't know what the options are for that, but whatever on the podcast. Um, so yeah, don't forget to be the ultimate version of you. And I can't wait to have you back here soon.